Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal. My soul test again this morning. Father, thank you for a brand new day. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege to enter your presence, Lord, this morning. Scripture says to enter your gates with thanksgiving and to come into your courts with praises. So, Father, this morning we say thank you. Thank you for the gift of life. Thank you for waking us up this morning. Thank you for the breath in our nostrils. Thank you for the health health that you have given us. We give you all the praise, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Father, we praise you this morning because you are faithful. We praise you this morning because you are worthy. There is none like you, worthy of glory, honor, and adoration. So we declare this morning, be glorified forevermore. In the precious name of Jesus, Lord, you are the Lord of hosts. You are the Lord of heaven's armies. Lord, you are the God who is sufficient for all things. We bless and magnify your name in the precious name of Jesus. As we enter your presence this morning, praising you, reading your word, learning in your presence, we ask, Lord, this morning, speak to us once again. Help us learn in your presence and let your name be glorified in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, let me say a big welcome. A big welcome to everyone joining into devotion this morning. I am Morphe Eyeneke. All right, so we continue. We continue our study, I should say, not just reading. A study of the book of Galatians. Yesterday, uh, we took Galatians chapter 3, and actually, that discussion from Galatians chapter 3 flowed into Galatians chapter 4, and that was why I wanted us to take 3 and 4 yesterday. But because we couldn't, then let's take chapter 4 today, okay? I, I won't rush this. So, we take chapter 5 on its own, in that it is a very, very, very deep. A deep chapter, chapter 5, and then chapter 6, we conclude. So chapter 4 today con- continues that discussion, the discussion Paul was having with the Galatian church about the law and faith in Christ, the difference between them, okay, what it meant to live, to put your trust in the law, or to try to obtain righteousness by the law, and what it meant, okay, to to put your faith and your trust completely in Jesus Christ. It continues that discussion in chapter 4, okay, so please get your Bibles, and let's read this morning. If there is one thing I take from Galatians chapter 4, is that every child of God is an heir. Hallelujah. Every child of God is an heir. Okay, so the Bible calls us joint heirs with Jesus Christ. What blessings God has given us. But you see, the work that the Holy Spirit does in our life is so wonderful. Okay, so there's the place of repentance. There's the there's the place of, of baptism when the Holy Spirit baptizes us into the body of Christ. Okay, and then there's the place where we are then filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, you will be blessed today. All right, please let's read Galatians chapter 4. 
Paul says, think of it this way. Remember, he was describing, you know, how the fact that the law was simply our guardian. And I mentioned yesterday that, look, a guardian takes care of your child while you are absent. Okay. So, and I described the fact that, okay, let's say um, your child is, you know, in a, is in a foreign country and you have, maybe you have a loved one there or you have a friend there then you want them to be their guardian or to represent you okay so they might go to their to their school meetings you know to their different programs representing you there okay they are just guidance they are not really the child's parents and they usually will be able to exercise some level of authority over the child however the minute that the parents arrive okay the guardian loses his power okay or loses his right and that's what paul discusses right from verse one he says think of it this way if a father dies and leaves an inheritance for his young children those children are not much much are not much better off than slaves until they grow up even though they actually own everything their father had okay so Imagine a father leaves inheritance for his children. Uh, usually, um, if there is a will, the father would have declared a particular age when those children should be able to take possession of the things that he has. Okay, so that they don't squander them. Okay, if they are too young, then everything will just be misused. So the, usually, the father will set a particular age. Okay, maybe when they are eighteen, then they they might be able to access the um the, the property their father has left them. And so until then, um there will be someone in charge of the estate of the father's property. Usually, that uh, should be the representative or maybe a barrister or a lawyer. Okay, so it says here that look. When that is happening, the children are not much different from slaves. They are not much different as if they don't have anything, okay? And I've seen instances like this where you have people who have so much, but until they attain a particular age, they could not take possession of what their parents left left back for them, okay? And I'm telling you, it was a blessing that their parents put in that clause in their will. If not, they would actually have, of those who were taking care of them, would have squandered everything, okay? So, two ways I read verse 1. First, in the light of our relationship with sin, okay, or the law, as long as um, he's saying here that because we are children, or the time had not come that the father said, said law was was dominant was in control that's one way of looking at this but as a young christian the way i always looked at this was my maturing yes okay so when it talks about children here of course it is talking about young children okay but the minute uh, a christian matures or uh, the process of uh, your maturing as you grow as a christian there are things that usually you will be able to take possession of okay things that you would really be able to lay claims to okay because you have grown and then you understand the word of god okay so those are the two ways i see i see verse 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 one but obviously here paul is talking about it in light of the first one and that is in light of the fact that sin or the law is our guardian here 
and we are children until Christ came. Two says they have to obey their guidance until they reach whatever age their father set. And that's the way it was with us before Christ came. We were like children. We were slaves to the basic spiritual principles of this world. So the basic spiritual principles of this world, you could say, okay, maybe that's Satan, who is the God of this world. The Bible calls him exactly that. You can call it, say, the law, for example. We had no choice than to obey the law because that was the only way we could we could become right. And I mentioned it yesterday that the law was one of the ways okay the people in the old testament could at least claim that they were righteous those who followed the law okay uh, were there when jesus rose again from the dead okay so but uh that was until christ came we were like children we were slaves to the basic spiritual principles of this world verse 4 but when the right time came god sent his son born of a woman subject to the law Jesus, and that was why Jesus had to die, eh? had to come eh, in human flesh under the law. He couldn't come after the law had been taken away. No, he had to come under the law so that he could defeat the law on our behalf. Okay? He could pay the price that the law was demanding on our, on our behalf. Actually, the law demands that the wages of sin is death. Okay, so Jesus died on our behalf, paid every, every demand the law can make, Jesus paid for it. Okay, so when the right time came, God sent Jesus, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy, buy, literally, Jesus purchased our freedom with his blood. Hallelujah. Five, God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children so what happened to us was that jesus adopted us yes when you are adopted you are actually uh, you have become a part of the new family yes so that was what happened jesus adopted us as his very own children and because we are his children god has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts prompting us to call out Abba Father. It is the Holy Spirit in our heart that makes us feel, have this, this, this craving, this, this call in our hearts for the Father. Uh, Paul calls it Abba Father here. Okay, It is the Holy Spirit in our hearts that makes us know that look, when we lift up our voices and we lift up our praises, we know we are addressing it to the Father. Hallelujah. Seven. Now you are no longer a slave. Ah, tell, declare with this with me this morning. I am no longer a slave. Yes, I am no longer a slave. Seven. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. You might be adopted, but you are a child of God. It says you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are His child, God has made you His heir. Hey, hey, you are the heir. I am the I am heir of Christ. Okay, a joint heir with Jesus. On that day, I am going to put on my own crown. Hey, hey, I hope you are looking forward to putting on your on your own too. Yes, I am going to put on. God is going to give me a crown of glory, a crown of righteousness. Okay, because I am a joint heir with Jesus. Now, Paul expresses his concern for the Galatians. He says, before you Gentiles knew God, you were slaves to so-called gods that do not even exist. 
So now that you know God, or should I say, now that God knows you, why do you want to go back again and become slaves once more to the weak and useless spiritual principles of this world? Remember, I said the spiritual principles could be talk. You could be talking about Satan himself. You could be talking about trying to rely on the law to become righteous. Paul says, "How can you guys be thinking of going back when you have tasted the raw thing?" Eh? He says, "And useless spiritual principles of this world." He says, "You are trying to earn favor with God by observing certain days, or months, or seasons, or years." Thou shalt not do this. Thou shalt not do that. Hey, it is only on Sunday that we can go to church. Ah, okay, it is a particular place. If you don't come into church to come and sing in a particular way, ah, God cannot hear you. All manner of laws that we have created for ourselves. Paul says, ah, you are trying to end favor with God. Favor with God eh, comes through Jesus Christ. No other way. There's no other way of getting favor with God. If your worship is not through Christ, you can get favor with God. Hallelujah. It says you are trying to earn favor with God by observing certain days or months or seasons or years. Paul says, I fear for you. I am afraid. The way you guys are doing, I am afraid. That's what Paul is saying. I fear for you. Perhaps all your, all your hard work, all my hard work with you was for nothing. Dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to live as I do in freedom from these things. For I have become like you Gentiles, from uh, free from those laws. So when you looked at Paul, he looked like a Gentile. Yes, because he was no longer, you know, trying to please God by obeying the law. Okay? He was not, he was no longer trying to please God by obeying the law. Paul says, become I plead with you, live like me. Live like me in freedom from all of these rules and regulations. Live your life free in Christ. Hallelujah. It says, for I have become like you Gentiles, free from from those laws. You did not mistreat me when I first preached to you. 13. Surely you remember that I was sick when I first brought you the good news. But even though my condition tempted you to reject me, he says, you did not despise me or turn me away. No, you took me in and cared for me as though I were an angel from God or even Christ Jesus himself. Where is that joyful and grateful spirit you first felt? I'm sure you would have, you would have taken out your eyes and given them to me if it had been possible. Have I now become your enemy because I am telling you the truth? Okay, so... Paul is writing to them and Paul is afraid of some of the things that he is hearing. Some of them have gone back, you know, to, to Judaism, literally trying to, 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 to follow the law, to become, to, to become, to become, to gain favor with God. Some of them had become circumcised. Some of them had, you know, had gone back to all of those useless idol, idol worship that they, that, that they used to do. Paul said, I am afraid though. I'm afraid the way you guys are going. Paul said, "I am, I am afraid." And the way, obviously, it was some there was some Jews that infiltrated these people. Okay, and Paul is, of course, those guys had sown sowed poisons in their heart towards Paul, and so those people were re- literally they were refuting Paul. Paul said, "Have I now become your enemy because I am telling you the truth?" He says, "Those false teachers are so eager to win your favor." But their intentions are not good. 
They are trying to shut you off from me so that you will pay attention only to them. He says, if someone is eager to do, do good things for you, that's all right. But let them do it all, do it all the time, not just when I am, I am with you. Okay, so 19. Oh, my dear children, I feel as if I am going through labor pains for you again. And they will continue until Christ is fully developed in your lives. So this is one lesson I learned um, as, a, as, a, as a young Christian. Christ is being, is being formed, is being developed in our hearts every day. Okay? As we walk, remember the Bible says that the just shall live by his faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. As we walk with Jesus every day, Christ is being developed in our hearts. Yes, we are becoming like Jesus every single day. Okay, so that process will continue until the day where we will meet Christ. Whether that will happen when we pass on, when we die, or whether that will happen when the rapture, the rapture occurs, however that is, we will, our process of perfection will continue. It will continue until we stand before Jesus. Okay? So it's, Paul says that, look, I labor in pain. I am praying for you. When he says, I am, I am going through labor pains, he's talking about prayer, actually. He says, look, I am praying for you guys regularly that Christ, okay, Jesus, will be fully developed in you. Other versions says Christ will be formed in your life. And that's my prayer for you this morning. Christ Jesus will be formed in your life. You will know Jesus for yourself. And you will live for him and walk with him every day. In the mighty name of Jesus. Verse 20, I wish I were with you right now so I could change my tone. But at this distance, I, can't, I, I, I don't know how else to help you. Now, Paul is going to talk about the law. And describes them with Abraham's two children and Abraham's Abraham's wives, okay? Agar and Sarah. He says, tell me, you who want to live under the law, do you know what the law actually says? <laughs> so most times, it's because people don't know the implication of what they are talking about when they say they want to do the law. You can't do the law up to one point and say, and say that's okay. No, you have to do the full extent of the law. Eh? You break one, you have broken everything. Paul says that, look, you that want to do the law, do you even know what the law actually says? Is it the scripture says that Abraham, Abraham had two sons, one from his, his slave wife and one from his, his, his freeborn wife. His slave wife was Agar and of course his freeborn wife was Sarah. It says the son of the slave wife was born in a human attempt to bring about the fulfillment of God's promise. But the son of the freeborn wife was born as God's own fulfillment of his promise. Remember when God promised Abraham, eh? promised him that, look, look, um, you are going to be the father of many nations. Okay, more than 30, 30 years, Abraham was waiting for the fulfillment of this promise. After waiting, waiting so many years, and this thing was not happening. <laughs> Abraham was like, "Look, let's let's try and help God, though." Eh? This thing that God says, "My fellow," okay. So the Bible says here that it was human effort. It was a human attempt to bring about the fulfillment of God's promise. Every human attempt, eh, to bring about the fulfillment of God's promise, always leads to a cause. I'm telling you. It will never be able to fulfill, achieve 
God's purpose. Eh? The flesh will always lust against the spirit. And the spirit will always be against the flesh. They are always opposed to each other. Okay, so you might think your motive is 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 right, is good, right? And if you look at then Agar's motive, you would have thought it was was right, or Sarah's motive was was fine. But she didn't realize that. Look, even if Agar agreed when Sarah initially suggested it, she didn't realize that Agar was going to change. As soon as she had that child, she became pompous. Yes, I am now remembered that it wasn't a maid because i think i had to correct this once you know in one meeting i i was someone said that abraham married his maid abraham okay so no as in abraham's maid had a child for him and i said no Ega was abraham's wife because sarah gave her to abraham okay uh he knew that she could have abraham she couldn't have a child for for her husband okay being a maid okay she had to become a wife okay so she gave her to Abraham as his wife. Since the scripture says that uh, that um, that Abraham had two sons, one from his slave wife and one from his freeborn wife. The son of the slave wife was born in a human attempt to bring about the fulfillment of God's promise. But the son of the freeborn wife was born as God's own fulfillment of his promise. So when Abraham tried everything and then had Ishmael, God told him, that is your own effort. I can't use him. Eh? I can't accept him. I will bless him. I will bless him because he came from you. However, I cannot use him. Isaac eh? is your promised seed. Is the one Sarah will see give you a child. Hallelujah. God's own fulfillment of his promise. 24. These two women serve as an illustration of God's true covenants. The first woman, Ega, represents Mount Sinai, where people received the law that enslaves them. Did you hear that? The law enslaves. The law condemns. The law cannot make you righteous. Listen to me. All those, thou shalt not do this. You come to church. Why are you putting cap on cap? You're a man. Why are you putting on cap inside church? Um, you're a woman. Why is your head, your head open in church? Uh, don't dress like this. Don't sit, and, don't sit down like all, all of those rules and regulations. Uh, <laughs> the law enslaves. Eh? It says, look. The first woman, Agar, represents Mount Sana, where people received the law that enslaved them. See, and now, Jerusalem is just like Mount Sana in Arabia. Because she and her children live in slavery to the law. Jerusalem, where Paul is currently ahead. It says they themselves, okay, have become enslaved to the law. And I see that the church today is gradually becoming enslaved to the same law. The same law that enslaved Jerusalem. Okay? And now, how many years that Jesus has been around? The church is trying to use the law to get favor with God. It does not work like that, brethren. Let go of this law. Eh? Choose faith and live in freedom. In freedom, live your life for God. 
He says that and now Jerusalem is just like Mount Sinai in Arabia because she and her children live in slavery to the law. See, but the other woman, Sarah, represents the heavenly Jerusalem. She is the free woman and she is our mother. As Isaac, as, as Isaiah said, rejoice, O childless woman, you who have never given birth, break into sh- joyful shouts. You who have never been, been in labor, for the desolate woman now has more children than the woman who lives with her husband. Hallelujah. Okay, so Isaiah was prophesying about, about was declaring what was going to happen, even though he was talking about Sarah or it applied to Sarah, but he was talking about horse. Abraham, Sarah was going to become the mother. If Abraham was going to become the father of many nations, automatically Sarah (laughs) is the mother of many nations. Talking about us. 28, it says, And you, dear brothers and sisters, are children of the promise just like Isaac. Eh? You are a child of promise. Don't allow the devil lie to you. You are a child of promise. You are blessed. You are not cursed. You are a child of promise. It says, and you, dear brothers and sisters, are children of promise, just like Isaac. But you are now being persecuted by those who want you to keep the law, just like Ishmael, the child born by the human by by human effort, persecuted Isaac, the child born by the power of the Spirit. Okay, so it was the power of the Spirit, eh, that gave Sarah, eh, ninety-year-old woman, the the power to be able to give birth to a child. It was the power of the spirits. Now, it says here that just like Ishmael, okay, when Ishmael was, um, I don't know how old was he was then. I can't, if, if, I, if I remember my, my numbers very well, it was just when Isaac was being weaned. So that means that Isaac would have been, would have been about about five, six. When Isaac was being, about being weaned, that was when, that was when, you know, um, Ishmael, who would have been almost a teenager by that time, was, you know, was persecuting Isaac. And Sarah saw, saw him. When Sarah saw him, Sarah declared that day, eh? hey, hey. So this is how they will come and kill the child that I waited, I waited more than 25 years for. Eh? Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Pack your load. Come and go. Hmm? It says, just the same way, the child born by human effort persecuted Isaac, the child born by the power of the spirit. So even today, you will see those who are trying to obtain righteousness by the law, telling you that they are the one who know the, the real thing. Okay? And doing the law can be, <laughs> it can be very fashionable. <laughs> when they make doing the law, eh, it will look so glamorous. It will look so, so beautiful. There is no life in it. Eh? You will never be a, re- achieve righteousness with God by doing the law. 30 says, but what do the scriptures say about that? Get rid of the slave and her son. Yes, for the, cha- for the son of the slave woman will not share the inheritance with the free woman's son. Did you hear that? Ah, yes, you can obtain eh, this righteousness, the inheritance that God promises us you can't re- obtain it by being a child okay of that bond woman of this of the law you can't 31 says so dear dear brothers and sisters we are not children of the slave woman we are children of the free woman did you hear that i am a child 
of promise. Yes, I am a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Ah, my faith is in Christ. And by him I stand. By him I live. By him I move. Hallelujah. I hope you were blessed. I hope you were blessed that. But quite a few things I want us to, to, just, to just consider as we go as we go this morning. Please remember, you are a child of God. You are a child of promise. You are a child of God by faith. I want you to live in the freedom, in the freedom that our faith in Christ gives us. Okay? So, remember, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. That law, okay, of the spirit will continue to provoke good works in us. We will continue to always want to do good to live by Christ. But it will not be be by following the dictates of the law. Hallelujah. So very important you you, you remember that. Number two, remember you are a joint heir. You are a joint heir with Jesus Christ. So look forward to the day when you are going to be crowned. (laughs) Yes, look forward to the day when you are going to be crowned. Next, I want you to realize that you are free. You are free to live your life for Jesus. Okay? Remember, the one who makes us, who puts, who makes it possible for us to be able to call out Abba Father is the Holy Spirit. Allow the Holy Spirit to regovernize you, to rejuvenate, rejuvenate your life. Allow the Holy Spirit, you know, provoke you to righteous living. Uh, he is right there with you. I'm telling you, uh, are there things you are struggling with today? I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Not by following the law. You will not achieve it that way. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Say, Jesus, this morning, help me to overcome this issue. Help me, okay, to, 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 to live a life that is pleasing to you. That is how we do it. Hallelujah. As we go this morning, I want us to say, Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you because I am now a child of God. Thank you, Lord, because I am born again. Thank you, Lord, because you have redeemed me from my sins. Father, I give you all the praise. I give you all the glory this morning. I thank you because I am now a heir. I thank you, Lord, now that I am a child of God. I thank you, Holy Spirit, because by your grace, I can cry. I can shout, Abba, Father, this morning. Father, we give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. Holy Spirit, by your work in our lives, we pray this morning that you will provoke righteous living in us. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, provoke freedom, free spirit to live for you, to glorify the Father in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you this morning and we give you all the praise and glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right. Thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day. All right. See you on Anchor and on Spotify. God bless.